life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze, country roads to take me home to the place. I West Virginia. Sorry. <laughs> I used to, like, whenever I worked at GameStop, well, I do work at GameStop, they used to, whenever Fallout 76 was coming out, they used to play that song non-stop. It was, like, 15-second clips. <sighs> or it was, like, fifteen second a 15-second clip of the song that they played every 15 minutes for about a month and a half. <laughs> so I kind of get irrationally upset when I hear that song. But anyway, hello, and welcome back to the Whole Night Sports Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Dylan Sanders. Um... You're, you're not going to hear that much of me this episode, um, as I'm recording this intro alone, I'll be recording the outro alone, um, but we have four interviews today. Four! It was pretty awesome. Um, I'm only actually on one of them, uh, on the last one, Ruben Jones. Um, so, uh, yeah, we have Keith Washington, Hakeem Adeniji, Michael Pinkney, and Ruben Jones, um, all interviews on the podcast today. And um, as I'm recording this, I haven't listened to all of them, actually. Um, it was obviously in the Ruben Jones one, and that one was awesome. But from what I hear, all other three were awesome as well. Um, it's kind of crazy talking to all these players right now. Um, like We even have another interview set up for later this week, and we obviously talked to like Josh Kelly, um, Steve Wardle, Terrell Lewis, it's just been awesome. Um, so, um, I'm not going to waste any of y'all's time. Uh, you are now going to be listening to the Keith Washington interview. Um, and then it's going to go Michael Pinkney, then Hakeem Adenji, and then finally ending it with Ruben Jones. Um, so yeah, enjoy. Wow, those were all such great interviews. Um, <laughs> I'm recording this right after I ended the intro. I mean, no cuts. No cuts. That's our motto. No cuts. Um, we all just did that back to back to back. Um, but hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, oh, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Dilly Sanders. You can find Brandon on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Katzen. Um those were our people that were all featured in this episode. And then, uh, yeah, go follow all these players and follow their, their journey. Watch their, watch their tape. Hope, hope they get drafted to your team. Um, and, yeah, have a great day. Uh, leave us a review. Talk to us on Twitter because we're on Twitter 24-7, and all we want to do is talk about football. So come talk to, talk to us about it. Um, and uh, what other players would you like to hear us talk to? Uh, what stories are interesting? Uh, so yeah, let us know. And uh, thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> I used to, I, whenever I worked at GameStop, well, I do work at GameStop, they used to, whenever Fallout 76 was coming out, they used to play that song non-stop. It was like 15-second clips. <sighs> or it was like fifteen second a 15-second clip of the song that they played every 15 minutes for about a month and a half <laughs> so i kind of get irrationally upset when i hear that song but anyway hello and welcome back to the whole night sports podcast i'm your host as always dylan sanders um you're, you're not gonna hear that much of me this episode um as i'm recording this intro alone i'll be recording the outro alone um but we have four interviews today four it was pretty awesome um, I'm only actually on one of them. Uh, on the last one, Ruben Jones. Um, so, uh, yeah, we have Keith Washington, Hakeem Adeniji, Michael Pinkney, and Ruben Jones. Um, all interviews on the podcast today. And um, as I'm recording this, I haven't listened to all of them actually. Um, it was obviously in the Ruben Jones one, and that one was awesome. But from what I hear, all other three were awesome as well. Um, it's kind of crazy talking to all these players right now. Um, like we even have another interview set up for later this week and we obviously talked to like Josh Kelly, um, Steve Wardle, Terrell Lewis. It's just been awesome. Um, 
So, um, I'm not going to waste any of y'all's time. Uh, you are now going to be listening to the Keith Washington interview. Um, and then it's going to go Michael Pinkney, then Hakeem Adenji, and then finally ending it with Ruben Jones. Um, so yeah, enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, I am Brandon Orson. This is the only time that you'll be hearing me on this episode. Uh, here with Alex Katzen, and we're being joined by West Virgin- former West Virginia cornerback Keith Washington. Uh, how you doing, Keith? Doing good, man. Doing good. All right, uh, just going to get right into it. What was your – I know it's been a little while since then, but what was your Shrine Bowl experience like? Um, You know, it was awesome. Just got the – you know, the chance to play against um, some of the top college players, um, in the, you know, in the country. And, uh, you know, got a chance to work with some NFL coaches. And, uh, you know, also got to go visit the Shriners Hospital and, uh, you know, talk with kids. And, you know, it was just a wonderful uh, experience overall. So I really enjoyed it. For sure, man. Um, you've had kind of a kind of a winding road to this, to this point, uh, originally committed to Michigan and then the JUCO route and then West Virginia. Can you talk a little bit about just like what that experience was like, the recruiting process, all those times and, uh, what eventually led you to commit those places? Oh uh, man, it was, um, you know, it was rough. Um, coming, you know, of course I finished my last year of high school, um, in Alabama at Prattville high school. Um, you know, was originally committed to Cal, ended up signing, uh, with Michigan on signing day. With uh, Coach Harbaugh, I was at Michigan for two years, um, you know, decided to transfer, uh, you know, talked my family and dad and, and everybody, and I didn't want to sit out a year, so I went on um, the JUCO route and uh, played at Copi Lincoln in Mississippi for a semester. Uh, essentially got re-recruited. Uh, West Virginia came knocking, and, uh, you know, I felt like that was the right place for me to be. And, uh, you know, I feel like everything turned out right. And, uh, you know, it's kind of got me to where I'm at right now. And, uh during your time at West Virginia, you know that I've been a big fan of yours for a while now. Who would you say was the most difficult receiver for you to cover while you were uh that's that's a tough question, you know, playing playing against, you know, guys like Marquise Brown, um, you know, and you know, Jalen Rager, a bunch of those guys. But uh, you know, a guy for me personally I have to say would uh, would be Tylen Wallace from uh, Oklahoma State just because of, you know, I couldn't get a read on him. Um, you know, every play it, it looked the same to me. So, um, you know, anytime you line up against a receiver and you can't really get any reads on him, it's uh, you know, it's, it's challenging for you as a cornerback. Yeah. Um, what was it like for you playing cornerback after playing quarterback in high school? Uh, what was that transition like for you? Uh, it was rough, actually. Um, you know, that's why I essentially redshirted my freshman year of college, um, just to kind of learn the position. Um, you know, you're so used to playing quarterback, getting the ball, not not really getting hit like that. Um, you know, not having to run as much at practice and stuff as well, too. So, um, you know, just all that stuff was was, was tough for me. But um, you know, eventually, I just uh, fell into my comfort zone, and uh, you know, I was good to go by then. Uh, what was that like for you while you were getting recruited? Were you kind of being told that uh, that you're gonna play corner exclusively in college, or was it when you got there they decided to move you there? Um, you know, I actually kind of, I kind of had an idea that I'd be playing, uh, you know, corner, either corner or receiver, and um, you know, I felt like, kind of got, kind of got pushed towards more, leaned more towards that cornerback side, defensive side of the ball. So, um, you know, I just accepted my role and, uh, you know, tried to learn that position as best I could. And then, uh, did you have a favorite team to go against in the Big Twelve? Because you only spent a couple years there, but I'm sure there's some team. Uh, you know. I gotta say, me personally, I feel like it would be you know Oklahoma or Texas. You know, I really say I really want to say Texas just because of you know of course our fans they love throwing you know the horns down every game, um, every time we play them. So I mean I feel like Texas was a big game for for me and uh, you know West Virginia every time we played them. So that was one of my favorite games. Yeah, um, going back to your experience at corner, are there any players that you try to model your game after or like watched when you were really learning the position? Um, you know, well, of course, my favorite player is Tyran Matthew. You know, I just love the way that he make plays on the ball, and uh, you know, your playmaker. Um, but you know, I try to. It's, it's, it's a multitude of guys. You know, I love one guy that I really love. You know, of course, is Richard Sherman. I feel like um, you know, we kind of similar in the sense of you know, tall corners. Um, you know, you essentially play receiver. Had to switch over and play cornerback. Um, in the, in the NFL, and uh, you know, I just love his confidence and uh, you know, his drive and you know the way he motivates himself to go out there and compete every day. So. 
and uh, I know I was talking to your agent a little bit about this. Uh, what are your interests for after your playing days are over? Just yeah, what what's your plan once you retire? Uh, man, I just want to be, you know, I still want to be involved with sports. So, uh, you know, hopefully I can be a sports broadcaster. You know, that's one of my goals. Uh, once I get done playing, it's just to be a sports broadcaster, you know, whether it be basketball, football, um, you know, soccer, even things like that. So I just want to stay around sports, you know. Do you think you'd be more uh, more Tony Romo or Jason Witten if you catch my drift? <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably be a... I'll probably be a little bit more Tony Romo, you know, just just from having that knowledge from the game and, you know, playing the game for, you know, however long I've been playing and hopefully, you know, however long I can play in the league if I get the chance to play in the league, um, you know, that that probably be it. Um, so we, we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but what is it that you think sets you apart from the other corners in this draft class? Uh, you know, of course, I'm a long corner. I'm tall, uh, rangy. I, I've been in multiple systems. I've been in man-to-man systems. Uh, you know, zone system, cover three. I played a lot of quarters, cover four. Um, you know, I, I got a different path than a lot of guys, and I feel like when the game on the line, I step up and I make big plays. And I, you know, I like to call myself a playmaker. So. And uh, do you have a favorite, either Dana Holgerson or Neil Brown story that you can kind of share with everybody? Uh, that's that's tough, you know. Uh, you know, I don't got one specific story, but uh, you know, I love I love Coach Hogerson. Um, you know, he he was just one of the guys that that gave me my first opportunity to play. Um, you know, start as a cornerback in college. Um, you know, I got respect and I and I love Coach Coach Brown as well. He came in and uh, changed changed the atmosphere of the West Virginia program this last year. He's gonna do a good job carrying it on. So uh, you know, I got respect for both of those guys, but uh, you know, that's kind of kind of a confidential question. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> for sure um hopefully this one isn't as confidential um do you have any personal highlights on or off the field uh during your time at any of the schools that you were at oh uh, you mean as far as like um you know things that that I, that I did off the field or just things that I experienced and stuff off the field um any anything like what what was your favorite part of being a college football athlete oh I, I gotta say um you know the big games you know big games big moments you know, of course, the fans, um, you know, one highlight that's, that I'm always remember for the rest of my – I got two highlights, actually. Um, you know, of course, my first game starting at West Virginia, West Texas Tech, um, you know, I was I was real nervous. I actually threw up in the locker room before the game. Um, but, you know, I came out there and I just, you know, I played as hard as I could and ended up making, you know, game-winning interception. Um, so that's going to forever stick with me and, and my memories in my heart. And then, um, you know, this past year um, – Something about the way West Virginia um, Stadium was rocking when um, we played Texas and I got that interception. Um, you know, that's that's just sounds and, you know, memories that you never forget as a player. So, And uh, what's your training method? What's a typical day of training for you at MJ Performance? Uh, you know, wake up early, eat breakfast around 7 o'clock, um, get to the facility, uh, you know, lift. Well, normally we do like a lot of warm-ups for about a 30, 40 minutes, a lot of speed work. Uh, you know, just working on technique, uh, you know, work with a lot of track guys, so trying to get our running form down, um, you know, go right back to the hotel, eat lunch, probably there for 30 minutes, chill, relax, call family, um, you know, friends, and then right back at MJP again, get a lift in, um, you know, they feeding us shakes and, and recovery and everything, um, and then, you know, most of the times we'll have, like, little events, like, like for instance, tonight we had to go to Dave & Buster's, uh, they have former players from uh, last year's um, MJP class come and speak to us and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm pretty much busy all throughout the day until about 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. Sure. Um, so, obviously, West Virginia this year was a little little bit of a down year for you guys. What Was there a difference that you could tell uh, between this season and, like, the last couple, you know, uh, more successful seasons, or did it feel kind of the same? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's always tough when you got a, a new coaching staff coming in so players are just trying to you know they're trying to adapt learn the new schemes um and you know find ways to to you know fit in fit into the system and stuff so that's always a hard transition you know for instance when um you know when coach Hogus and them were there at West Virginia my first year everybody had kind of gotten their groove and you know you know the coaching staff and you knew what plays 
um, and the way plays needed to be ran and stuff, so everybody was comfortable. Um, so, like I said, that's just that's just hard transitioning college in general when you got a new coaching staff. So, all right, and then uh, just one last question for you, Keith. You're familiar with my cause, my cleats in the NFL. Yep, yes, sir. Okay. Uh, so if you were to design your own cleats right now, what would your cause be? I got to go mental health awareness. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like in today's social media age, it's a lot of um, a lot of things that can hurt kids, uh, you know, just grown-ups in general, even players sometimes, um, and, and playing this game of football, and, you know, a lot of things that people do in life, it, it takes a mental toll on you, and I feel like just, I feel like people aren't, aren't aware enough from, a, you know, a mental standpoint and how, how it can affect everyone in, in daily life, so most definitely mental health awareness. All right, uh, that's it for us. Thank you so much for coming on, Keith. And Yeah, thank yeah. you, Keith. This was great. Oh, no, I appreciate you guys. Have a good day. Hello, everybody. I am Brandon Olson, and I am back. Join with me now, or joining me now. That's a fun start. Um, Miami linebacker Michael Pinkney. Uh, How you doing, Michael? I'm good. How you doing? No complaints. Excited for the interview. I mean, you both, man. Uh, So you were at the Shrine Bowl earlier this year. What was your experience like that week? Uh, the Shrine Bowl was great, man. You know, I got a lot of interaction with a di- lot of different guys from around the country. I got to meet some uh, some great coaches. You know, just just the bond. You know, the bond felt like we knew each other for 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 years, man. And um, it was a great experience. I got some good good feedback for some from some scouts. You know, we got a chance to sit down and interview with some of those guys. So that was a real big 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 good week for me. And what was your recruitment process like when you were going to Miami or when you were coming out of high school? What was Miami's recruitment process like for you? So I got a, I got, I got an offer fairly early uh, on in my process. Um, I'll go and, you know, I'll go and he ended up recruiting me first, but um, ultimately he ended up uh, getting fired and Mark Rick took over the, the, the recruiting. But uh, by then, you know, it was by the time Mark Rick got the job, I was already, uh, might as well say I was in the door. And uh, so I was going to get to this later, but I have to ask you about it now. Do, I know that in high school you had like a lawn company. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you still have anything to do with that? Or is that just like while you were in high school, you were doing that to just make some money? And So so what it was, uh, my father, he, um, you know, throughout my years, he ended up getting real big into uh, lawn care. And um, as, a, as a young child, you know, I used to go with him and I used to always be with him a lot. And it got to the point where I was about 15, 16 years old, and I used to go by myself. And, you know, me and my cousin would go because if I didn't have the knowledge of everything that was going on, I knew how to do everything. I knew how to work all the machines. Driver license. So when I did that, you know, the rest of it was a piece of cake. But uh, no, I, don't, I don't currently have, you know, have that. But um, I think, you know, having that, just that business mindset, that background, you know, it's going to help me down the line. Hello. Hello. Sorry, Hello. I accidentally hit the mute button on myself. Um, oh, okay. Uh, what was it like for you to go to Miami and you had, or the team itself had a great record the first two years, and then it kind of went up and down from that point on. So, just what was that like being a leader in the locker room during that whole four-year stretch? I mean, it- I mean, it just was different, man. You know, you just, like you said, you know, we had our ups and our downs, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, all of it was a learning experience. And I feel like, um, I feel like, you know, ultimately we're better for, you know, every year, you know, we had challenges and we, we always fought and we battled, you know, well, whatever the outcome was, you know, I feel like we got stronger, you know, each year. Was there any, uh, any internal distraction when the whole Tate Martell transferring and the whole quarterback competition, was there any internal issue with that or not nah, nah, next nah, guy nah, up nah, or whoever nah, it is yeah it's, i mean you know it's next guy but so we know we got great guys man you know we got great guys we want everybody there but ultimately we got great guys you know at in the quarterback room in every position and um i know if one guy go down you know i know the guy behind him is ready to step up and lead um so you played in the acc great running back talent in that conference uh who would you say was the hardest running back to tackle no uh, yeah the best player i played against was dalvin cook you know um just the way you know he went about you know just the game itself um he was an amazing player an amazing talent and um he was a guy that you know during the week you knew that if he was you know if he was in the game and he was somewhere where the ball was going and then uh 
Are there any players, whether they're currently professionals or retired, that you try to model your game after a little bit? Um, I got Denzel Perryman. Denzel Perryman, you know, just um him being in Miami. You know, I, I, I had a chance, you know, watch him a lot closely and try to, you know, see the things he sees. And, you know, I feel like I play a little bit like him. Uh, Levante David from the Bucks. Um, he's another guy that I feel like I, I my game is similar to. Uh, Quan Alexander from uh for the 49ers, just his motor and the way he goes about playing the game of football, I feel like it's similar to mine. And then compared to other linebackers in this 2020 draft class, uh, what do you think it is that really sets you apart from everybody else? Um, I got it. I can, you know, I'm a three-down linebacker. Um, I have more experience than the majority of the guys in this draft. And, you know, I'm, I'm more, I'm, I'm a leader. You know, I'm, I'm probably one of the best leaders I feel like in the country. Just because, you know, I can, you know, whatever you need me to do, I can do, whether it's more vocal, whether it's just being a guy that, you know, leads by example. And um, and, I, and my desire to win is, you know, second to none. Yeah, you touched on your experience real quick. That, that's just, that's incredible. A four-year starter yeah. at, at Miami, of all places. Like a big-name, mm-hmm. blue-chip program. Yep. Four-year starter is just awesome. Um, and... I have to ask this question because, as you you know, I told you I'm a Gator fan. Yeah, I know, man. Sorry. <laughs> uh, this is the last Miami interview I'm ever doing. Um, <laughs> who do you hate more, the Florida State Seminoles or the Florida Gators, and why? I would probably say the Florida uh, the, the Florida State Seminoles. It's just because um, I face them more. I you know in my career I only faced Florida that one time, which was last year. But um, I feel like they're kind of getting away from that Florida Gators Miami rivalry. I feel like we should we should try to you know petition to get that back a little bit more. But uh, definitely the Seminoles, man. I feel like you know that'll make or break your season. You know, if you beat them guys, you know, whatever else happens during the season is kind of you know forgotten unless something uh, crazy happens. But for the most part, you know, it's just something about going into into in, into Tallahassee, man, and just taking it over is something that you know that feeling is second to none. And what was that week zero experience like? Because this year you guys kicked off all of college football. Normally they'll have one big game in week one, and then there's a bunch of other, just like like the small schools have games before that. But you guys kicked off college football. So just what was that experience like that whole week leading up to it? I mean, it was it was a good week, man. It was a crazy week. I feel like um, we had a chip on our shoulder going into the game because everybody, you know, counted us out. They said we weren't going to be in the game and we weren't going to you know, get past the first half. And I feel like, you know, even if still to this day, you know, it's some regrets and some replays. I know a lot of guys were sick of the half back, but ultimately I feel like we had the game, man. It was a point, you know, we made some plays that affected us in the long run. You know, at the end of the day, them guys wanted it. They want, they made, you know, big time plays in, in, in those critical situations, you know. But um, it was a great game, you know. Great I, game. Yeah, I can tell you, I did not have a voice after it. Um. I was just, I was screaming the entire time. I couldn't control myself. Um, and so you got to play under Manny Diaz for a couple seasons because he was the defensive coordinator before he became the head coach in Miami. Uh, do you have a favorite Manny Diaz story that you can tell? Manny Diaz story you can't tell. Um, you know what? Let me crazy story. We were I think it's my freshman year. We were down halftime to Notre Dame. I can't remember the score, but he just, he's like, he's one of the guys. That's when I knew he was a fierce competitor. He, um, he hops up, you know, he's shorter than everybody else. So he hops up on the side of the, uh, <laughs> like on the side of the, um, the, like the, on the locker. Like he's hanging off the side of the locker. Like, so everybody can see him and he, he snatched his shirt off. He's like, well, what's my name? Like, you know, he got his, he got his chest out, you know, and he, you know, he got the Cuban thing going on. So we just like, we like, okay, man, this is like, we down right now. We losing. But this is a, is a funny experience, you know. Now that I look back on it, you know, it was it was it was funny. It was one of the ones that you had to be there to, to see it. And uh, just ha- what does the turnover chain mean to you? Because I I hate Miami, but that's one of the coolest things in college football. I know it's the coolest thing in college football, but um, ultimately, you know, we end up we 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 never, you know, we our, our ultimate goal was to, you know get as many turnovers, get guys motivated to get turnovers, you know. Um, of course, everybody wants to get turnovers, but you know. Dudes want to be in that spotlight, and dudes want to have, you know, something that, you know, a reward. They want to have a reward to get. So at the end of the day, front door, front door. 
Yeah, no, my bad. But um, no, ultimately, guys, you know, guys want to have something. So I, I don't know if you remember, but as soon as we got that turnover chain that first year, we end up being like the number one turnover defense in the country. So guys were up, you know, and after that, you know, a lot of teams around the country started to want to get turnover chains, you know. Yeah, that uh, that first year you guys got it was insane because no one was expecting the defense to just be as ball hawking as they were. And then you guys brought out a chain and all of a sudden everyone was just out here making plays all the time. Okay, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but in your time in Miami, do you have a personal highlight? Because like, I know you're a big hitter, so is it just destroying someone or do you have a personal highlight from your time there? Uh, my interception against Florida State and uh, my junior year. My junior year, we were down in the game. Uh, we were down in the game like 21 points, man. And um, it was like the third quarter. I ended up intercepting a screen play. It was like a little uh, tight end screen, delayed screen. And, I, you know, they ran a play like three times before that, two or three times before that. And I ended up being able to get up under the guy and then making a play. Yeah, that just goes to show the uh, the IQ there because that, that's been one of your biggest draws is how high your football IQ is. Yeah, for sure. And then um, just one last question for you, Michael. Are you familiar with my cause, my cleats in the NFL? My cause, my cleats. Is that when the guys get um, you know, the cleats designed and what's their cause of playing football? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so you'll be in the NFL in a few months. But right now, if you were designing – my cause, my cleats for yourself. What would the cause be that you'd be representing? Uh, my cause that I'd be representing, um, I probably would say I probably have to. I don't know how I would put it on a cleat, but I'd probably just, um, you know, pay tribute to the guys that, uh, you know, I, we had like two players that got injured that, you know, they were they were great talents and they can't end up playing a game of football anymore. So probably some, you know, dedicated to those guys. You know, I know they got, they still got a lot of things left in them, but you know, the game was snatched away from them. And I couldn't imagine, you know, something like that happening to me. So probably something that deal with, deals with that. And uh, do you have any – I'm sorry, this one just came to me, so I figured I'd ask it. Do you have any post-football plans already, or are you kind of just going to play it by ear when the time comes? Uh, you know, I got some little things I want to look into. You know, hopefully, my, you know, my agency does going to do a great job of just, you know, trying to get me into wherever I feel like I want to pursue after football. So, you know, I might do a couple of internships and – you know, shadow a couple guys, and that way, I you know, by the time I'm done with football, you know, I'll be ready for life after. Wow. Well, you heard here, Michael Pinkney's coming to Whole Nine Sports after uh, after he's done playing in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. That's that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for joining us, Michael. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you for having me, man. You have a great one. You too. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I am Brandon Olson. Uh, I am joined today by Hakeem Adeniji, Kansas offensive lineman and 2020 NFL draft prospect. How you doing, Hakeem? I'm doing good. Great to be on here. How are you doing? I have no complaints. I'm excited for this. Uh, That's awesome. So, obviously, when we met, it was down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Uh, what was your week like as a player? Uh, just, yeah, how did your week go? Practice, meetings, everything? Uh, it was a very packed week just from getting there between the interviews and, you know, different psychological tests and NFL experience. And then on top of that, we're practicing and playing the game. It was it was a full week, but, you know, it was a great experience being around so many talented guys and, and NFL coach staffs and, and so many, you know, highly respected you know, people in general to just, you know, soak up all the information and, and, you know, sharpen our tools and work on our craft. And it was great to great, great overall experience, I would say. And uh, what was your longest interview? Because I know that one team held a player for two and a half hours. Ah, wow. I don't think I got, I probably got a couple hours. I didn't, I didn't get any two and a half hour ones. So I guess I'm, I can't complain. I guess I was pretty lucky. I don't know who that player is, but I'm hoping by asking yeah. everybody this that I'll, that I'll get the answer eventually. Man, um, nah. I know the team. I just don't know if I could say the team. That's why I haven't. But uh, all right, <laughs> moving yeah. on from there. Uh, 
so you had you've kind of a a crazy story coming out of uh-huh. high school with yeah. your commitment so uh, can you just let people know what that was like after air force didn't work out and that whole story i got you so basically i was committed to go to air force my older brother went to this place i felt comfortable with going and uh, i was working out everything was going good middle of the summer i my medical waiver gets declined because i have a cashew allergy and it's something so minor but it, it prevented me from going there and was kind of, you know, out, didn't, didn't know I was going to do, but luckily my, my head coach from high school had, had gotten a job earlier that February at Kansas. And, you know, he found out about it and reached out to him and then we got some worked out and, you know, the rest is history. All right. And, uh, yeah, just, how awesome is it for you? Because I know that as a kid, you used to dress up like a football player for Halloween. Uh-huh. So just how awesome is it for you to finally be achieving your dream of playing professional football in the coming months? Oh, man, it's it, it's surreal. It's, it's humbling, but at the same time, you know, well-deserved. I've put in that work since, I, since I've been that kid with a dream. I've put in that work every day to, to make it come true and – you know, just seeing everything unravel is awesome and, and taking it taking it in. Uh, I'm so grateful for it, but at the same time, it just, you know, makes me hungrier and, and want to work harder and, and achieve more and not only just be an NFL player, but be, like, a, a great NFL player. And I just want people to know, just because, like, you are incredibly soft-spoken, uh-huh. but this is a six foot five, 300-pound man. Like, he looks a lot more intimidating <laughs> than he sounds. I just want to put, like when I went up to you in, in Mobile, yeah. I was like, "He is, uh, he's gonna destroy me." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in Mobile, we saw you mm-hmm. work out a lot as a guard in practices. Uh-huh. Um, even though you play, you started a tackle at Kansas. Uh, mm, correct. Do you know if NFL teams are viewing you kind of as more of a guard or than tackle, or if they're just trying to see how versatile you are, or what was going on with that? I've heard a little bit of both. Just you know, my skill set. And and what I'm able to do, teams feel like they they see me play tackle and, and they know I can be good at that. And they wanted to see I could be a guard. And you know, even with you know my my smarts, they want to. I've, I've even heard some center talk, but you know, I feel like I had the ability to do it all. Um, obviously, tackle is the position that I've been most comfortable at and, and and play at a high level. But you know, teams. You know, the more you can do with a with a fifty three man roster, the more you can do, the more valuable you are. So, I think that's a, a big big part of it. Yeah, that's got to be a big plus being able to have just one offensive lineman that could play multiple positions along there. You can less O line help out everywhere else. Um, did you have a favorite team or favorite player to go against in college, just in the Big Twelve or out of conference play, anything? A favorite team or player to go against? Um, I guess not player because you know it can change year to year. Uh, actually, if I had to say a player, I'd probably say uh, my guy uh, Malcolm Roach from from Texas. What a good what about player! Him? We were in the, we were in the same class. He's really good. I feel like we had good battles. We always played good games versus Texas, and uh, I know him. Uh, off the field too he's funny but he's a real good player so I think I'd probably say that's a a, a matchup that I'd look forward to and uh, are there any players either currently playing or retired that you kind of try to model your game after oh I'd always say uh, Tyron Smith just being the Cowboys you know being from Dallas and a Cowboys fan growing up he was such a natural fit just you know body type I feel like and and I feel like similar skill sets so I've always you know patterned my game after him and uh what is it that you think sets you apart from other offensive linemen in this draft class what sets me apart I would say my mindset and I say that because you know everybody there's a lot of athletic guys, there's a lot of strong guys, there's a lot of guys that can do this and that. But, you know, I know that, you know, when it comes down four quarters, winning, losing, regardless, 
there's nobody that's going to have the same just sheer sheer will and, and determination to to come out on top of me and I feel like that's what sets me apart when you know when fatigue sets in when this sets in when your motivation goes down I feel like uh, I'm just consistently going to come out on top and uh, I know that your plan has been if football didn't work out professionally you'd want to work in the medical field for your post football life do you plan on entering the medical field at that point or no man that's that's a great question that was always my thing growing up but you know with football it can be very difficult with the schedule it's kind of you know maneuvered towards you know more business like and i have a lot of different different little interests but you never know if if it's something that that later on in my life that that I'm feeling uh, is it, never too late, and it, it could be something I choose to pursue again. Awesome. Um. So I know you only got one season with him, but do you have a favorite Les Miles story? Les Miles story that you'd favorite be able to tell. Les Miles story. And I know that my co-host is very yeah. upset that he's not here right now because yeah. he's a diehard LSU fan. Yeah. So I'm sure he was hoping to hear Les Miles' story. Yeah. But... I can't tell you my favorite Les Miles story. That's a that's a team room only. That's that's, that's a, a big, team room only thing. That's the second time in a row we've that's heard that it's some kind of confidential. Any yeah, any good story I could tell you, I have to I have to keep that under wraps. And Coach Miles is my guy, so I can't I can't speak on that. It. I hope you know. It just makes you yeah. want to know the story even more now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll, I might tell it to you one day, just me and you, uh, okay. if you if you agree to to not say anything. But oh, not, of, co- not, of not, course, yeah, yeah. my lips are sealed. I'm not going to yeah. tell anybody. Um, All right. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite personal highlight from your time in Kansas? Just maybe lit someone up one time or anything like that. Um, favorite personal highlight. I gotta think about that one. I wouldn't say per- I say the I say our our win versus Boston College this this past year, you know, being at Kansas, obviously it was a struggle to to win a lot of games, and there were a lot of things that our program hadn't done in so long, and being that that was we were twenty point underdogs going into that game, and coming off a huge disappointing loss to to Coastal, to come out like we did against a power five team on the road, a good football team on the road. That's something that, you know, hadn't happened there in so long. So that that was the, the biggest moment for for me personally. And uh being that you were at Kansas, you played in mm-hmm. Big Twelve, so against mm-hmm. Oklahoma, uh there's a quarterback in Baker Mayfield that he's pretty yeah. popular for his trash talk against Kansas. Uh uh-huh. Did you wish you can kind of play defense that game a little bit? Maybe give him a shot after all that. I, I wish I could play defense every game. I'm an athlete. I would. I would go crazy on defense. I. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make any comments on that. Could be. Could be blocking for Baker. So. Uh, that's, that wouldn't that's be fair. the best. That wouldn't be the best idea. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Um. And then all right, we just have one more question for you. It's. Uh-huh. The question that we end every one of these with, I know that you have some off-field interests in the community. Uh, are you familiar with my cause, my cleats in the NFL? I have. I'm, I'm not very familiar, but I've, I've seen things on social media and heard about it. All right, so you'll be in the NFL soon, so you'll mm-hmm. be able to participate in my cause, my cleats. Um, mm-hmm. What will, or I'm not going to make you commit to anything now, but what would yeah. your cause be if you were designing cleats right now? What would your uh, off-field cause be? Oh, I would say giving giving underprivileged kids, whether minority or, or poverty or whatever, giving them an equal opportunity. I've seen, I've grown up around a lot of people who, you know, if given the proper opportunity, they would have a chance to be a lot more successful. So that would definitely be what I would model it after. Awesome. Uh, that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for doing this interview. We really appreciate it. And uh, good luck. Well, thank you. It was my pleasure. I appreciate it, Brandon. Hello, and welcome back to the uh, Whole Nine Sports podcast. This is going to be in the middle of a 
big ol' episode, um, so don't know where you're hearing this in the episode, but hey, hopefully you're enjoying it so far. Um, joining me today is, uh, for this segment, is Brandon, um, as always, my co-host, and then uh, also West Virginia, or former West Virginia uh, and former Michigan defensive lineman, Ruben Jones. You can find him on Twitter at I'm Dat Dude 44 which is a great Twitter handle. <laughs> How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing good. How y'all doing? You know, doing good. I woke up not too long ago because I was up late last night. <laughs> I, I could tell. I thought it when you were uh, when you were going through the intro. I was like, your voice sounds like you just woke up. Like, I didn't I've just recorded. wake up. I didn't ah, just you, wake up. You sound like you. I woke just up like up. I woke up like an hour ago. Mm. Mm. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Listen, it's it's Sunday. You know, Saturday night. You know, it gets wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Mardi Gras time here in Baton Rouge or in mm. Louisiana. So, oh, it's Mardi Gras out there. Oh, yeah, sorry. Mardi Gras is next week. It's it's next week, but you know, it's like a month of celebration. Oh, so people coming down now. So yeah, uh, it's it's crazy. Like I, when I tell people, I get t- school closes like a week for Mardi Gras. <laughs> what? Yeah, right. That's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Um, yeah, I just have a week off of college because of Mardi Gras. And then in two weeks, I'll have, well, a couple weeks, I'll have it off for spring break, too. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, so we just have a couple questions today. It's not going to be, uh, too crazy. No gotcha journalism or anything like that. Feel that. Um, so Brandon, you can go ahead and start off with the first game. First question, I mean. All right. Uh, <laughs> the first game, um. All right, Ruben, so, of course, you were at the College Gridiron game earlier this year. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just what was your experience like there? Because I know that from what I've seen and from what I've read, you were one of the top performers out there. So just what was your experience like while you were there? Um, So immediately um, when I got there, I just wanted to treat it like a business trip, you know, like, um, you know, like this is this is some serious stuff. You know, I got to be I got to come out here, you know, I got to show coaches uh, and, you know, um, you know, scouts and stuff. I got to show them that um, I'm I'm ready to play some NFL ball. So um, from the get go, I got there around. I mean, I think we had to sign into our hotel around like 4 p.m. I got there at 12 because I wanted to be the first person to check in the hotel. So um, I ended up being the first person to check up check into the hotel. Um, I was just ha- kind of hanging out, eating, you know, chilling, um, talking to some coaches. And every morning, I kind of sat down and just talked to the coaches. I really didn't never, I, n- I never sat down and just was talking to the players that you know at meals and stuff, um, except for a couple of them. But um, yeah, my whole experience was just I was just trying to, you know, show guys, you know, I can run fast, you know, I can, um, I'm explosive, you know, I can get to the ball, I'm gonna be around the ball every single play, like even if I don't you know, touch the ball carrier, I'm going to be around the ball. Like, that's just kind of – that's just how I play ball. Like, I, I you know, I, I play balls to the wall every time. So, um, you know, that's kind of what I want to show. And, I mean, it worked out really good because, um, you know, I even got to play at middle linebacker where, like, I came and filled the – I think it was like a C – I think it was a C-gap or the B-gap. Came and filled the B-gap and got like a five-yard TFL. First yard uh, – first time in middle linebacker. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that. That's not a, a bad thing to show off. Work. Um. So, um, you like I mentioned earlier, you, you started off at Michigan. You were uh, you were gonna go to, well, you were transferring, uh, and you ended up going to West Virginia. I know you were almost about to go to Toledo. Uh, Brandon, I was. Brandon has a Toledo Rocket tattoo. So I, I know he would have been. I went there. Just <laughs> like randomly have it. Like I went Wait, there. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brandon went to Toledo, and he has a Toledo rocket on his arm. Wow. Yeah. So he would have enjoyed having you there. So you, Brandon's mad at you. He won't tell you, but. Yeah, I was really close to going to Toledo. Yeah, I was extremely close to going to Toledo. I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, 15, 15, well, 20 minutes away is really close. Like, it's not, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, oh, man, like, well, it's not, Toledo is not that close, but. um, It's not bad. It's not bad. It's, like it's Toledo, like a forty-five minutes. Yeah, trip at it's, worst. it's, it's, like, it's not fine. that. Yeah, it's not that far away. And I'm like, okay. I mean, all of my my friends and my community and all that stuff is at the University of Michigan. You know, I, I'm right here. You know, uh, I'll be playing in a different, a decent. Uh, you know, what I'm saying uh, conference. 
But then I told myself, I was like, man, I mean, like, playing in the Big 12, you know, is just, you know, if you start and play in a Big 12 team, you know what I'm saying, it'll mean probably a little bit more than, uh, you know, me going out to Toledo at that time. If we're being real. Yeah. At their defensive time. coordinator did get fired this year also. <laughs> so, I mean, they I weren't I don't think too he great on that choice. side of the ball. Oh. Yeah, they, weren't, they weren't too great on that side of the ball. So um, oh, man. But, but what, was it, what was it exactly that brought you to West Virginia? So, um, really, when I first got to I mean, like, I really liked the, uh, Coach Neil Brown and um, Coach Vic, Coach Leslie. Like, Coach Leslie is, like, like that's my man. Like, the D-line coach, like, I really like Coach Leslie. And, like, we kind of just, like, kind of clicked and – um. You know, um, I wanted a straight. I wanted straightforward coaches. Like, you know, I don't. I don't care about you, like Stuart telling me I'm the best player. I don't. You know, what I'm saying, telling me I'm good. I, I don't need all that. I need somebody to tell me the truth. You know, what I'm saying, and like that was what uh, I really felt uh, like they did. Like, you know, the, the entire time. So uh, when I first got there, I was like, you know, I'm just gonna work my butt off and just see where it goes from there. And I realized that at West Virginia, they really reward hard work. Like you. You bust it behind and like, you know what I'm saying? If you're good enough to be out there on the field, they're gonna put you out there. So that's just kind of what happened. And I ended up having two sacks in my first game. So, you know, and I didn't even start off the game. So um that was that was that was really good. And um from there, you know, it just kind of took off. But another thing too, the West Virginia fans, man, they oh bro, it's like I don't I don't I haven't seen any other fans like the West Virginia fans. Like <laughs> They're just amazing. So yeah, there's always those the the uh, the viral videos of them singing "Sweet Home West Virginia." Yeah, country roads. Yeah, country roads. Um, yeah, and that's always awesome. I'd love mm-hmm. to go to a game in that stadium. Seems like it'd be fun. Oh no, you definitely should. Like West Virginia fans are amazing. Yeah, um, West and- Virginia, Texas. I want to see that. <laughs> oh yeah, the West Virginia Texas game. Yeah. Um, what was? Do you have any like? Did you notice a difference between your initial recruiting progress process and then the process as a grad transfer? Um, I noticed. Yeah, actually, I noticed a big difference because um, you 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 do. I think you really don't understand what you're doing at the age of eighteen and nineteen. Like you just kind of, you really don't understand. And um, like you don't understand that the decision that you're making is literally going to shape your life for the rest of your life. Like, and you just don't even understand. Like, you don't understand the depth of your decision. At 18, 19 years old, and I understood that, you know what I'm saying. But, um, you know, it's a different conversation when you grad transferring because obviously every coach that know that I'm, you know, that to the school I'm going to, every coach knows I'm trying to go in, I'm trying to play, you know, and they know the reason why I'm going there, you know. As far as um, you know, the undergrad part, and when you first get there, uh, when you're 18, 19 years old, I mean, you know, you got time. You feel like you got time. Um, uh, you know, coaches kind of treat it like you got time a little bit, you know, so it's, it's just complete. It's like a completely different process. Like you, um, I mean, you just looking for different things, you know, you know, you, you read through like pretty much you just read through all of the BS easier too. like, you know, if somebody, if a, if a coach is saying something like you, I mean, you read right through it because like you older, like you, you know what I'm saying? You in your twenties. So like, you know, so coaches really don't BS you like that when you grad transferring either, you know? Yeah, I mean, you can't really BS someone at that point because if you're no, telling they, them, like, oh, yeah, no, like, don't worry, your time's coming. It's like, I'm, my time's now. Like, I'm a great <laughs> yeah. Um, But then backing up a little more, I know that you have just, like, an incredible story from, honestly, about nine months before you were born. Um, mm-hmm. Could you just, because I know a lot of people don't know your story, could you just kind of elaborate and let people know just just your upbringing yeah, so um, so pretty much, uh, my mama had me at the age of, well, eight days after she turned fifteen, so she was really uh fourteen at the time, um, and I kind of grew up in the in the projects of Bartow, Florida. Uh, it's like a small town. It's kind of like off of like twenty like twenty minutes off from Lakeland. Uh, at the time, you know, I was just you know working hard and um, you know what I'm saying like I'm you know I'm kind of learning myself you know growing up and stuff because uh. Like, my father wasn't there at that time. You know, he was kind of dealing with some things. and Because he was 16 when he had me, you know. So what ended up happening was, um, you know, we kind of got through life, you know, and I got older. And it was some things that I went through when I was younger. But what really um, 
it really kind of got worse when I got older. I thought it was going to get better, but it kind of got a little worse because at the time, um, my mom got married, which was around my, like, around the time I was kind of going to middle school around that time. Uh, my mom got married to a guy, and, like, my mom was doing well, and my my um, stepdad was doing well. I mean, it was decent, you know, and uh, they were having a kid. His name's Mason, my little brother. Like, I love my little brother. Like, I haven't seen him in a minute. I love him. Um, so what ended up happening was um, at that at that time, I was, um, we you know, the recession had hit. It was a recession that had hit not too long ago. And when that recession hit, a lot of people got laid over. And I like, and my stepdad at that time, you know, he got laid off um, of his job. Um, so my mom, she was like just busting her behind, you know, trying to help, you know, do the things she needed to do to, you know, help the family and stuff. And what was going on at the time was, you know, he was trying to find work. Um, and I mean, she was, you know, trying to, she was working to try to, you know, help. And like, it kind of got scarce, you know, food kind of got tight, things got tight. And it kind of got to the point where at this time, this was the first time I lived, lived in a gated community. You know, this was before, um, I was young and, uh, you know, at, when I was young, I used to be getting jumped, you know, coming from school and, uh, you know, my mom, my actual, my first sport was actual, actually, uh, Taekwondo because my mom wanted me to know how to fight and stuff like that because I was getting jumped and stuff so much. So, um, coming from there and then going to a gated community where, you know, pretty much everybody, you know, was, you know, decent. And then going from a gated community, uh, well, living in a gated community and not having anything, it kind of like you know, it makes you feel bad because you like you got people around you that got stuff, but you really don't got nothing. You get a community. So what ended up, what ended up happening my own senior years, the um my my well before my senior year, my mom and my stepdad had got divorced, and that kind of put a lot of pressure on my mom. I, st I started working at McDonald's around my freshman year or something like that, try to help my mom, like, pay bills and stuff. So I was playing football, working at McDonald's, taking double and triple shifts. And um, it was kind of it was kind of tough. So I ended, up, um, I ended up helping my mom a little bit and stuff like that. Uh, and then my mom – and then the house got in foreclosure and my entire family got split up and I was homeless for, like, like four months before I came to play college football. So <laughs> it was, it was pretty tough, but during that whole time, um, I just kind of like, you know, stayed, you know, hard working hard and stuff like that. Like when I didn't have a ride to the, my, up to my football practices, we had tour days up at the high school. I literally like save off enough money to, you know, get a bike and stuff like that. You know, I used to run literally like two miles every day just to go up there for two days and run back home and then run back up. Like, you know, like I just kind of, you know, had that mindset that I was going to make it regardless of the situation. And it was kind of funny because it was dudes on the team that used to laugh at me for riding my bike and jogging up there. Cause they was like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that type of stuff, man. That's like like who would do that? And I'm like, I mean, probably not you. I mean, that's kind of why I got 33 D1 office right now. So. Yeah, it's a it's a, a character. It, it 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 set you apart from the the rest of them, uh, and I I it, it worked out. It seems mm -hmm. so. That's yeah, uh, yeah. That's a very uh, interesting like upbringing. Like I couldn't imagine having a kid at fourteen or fifteen, and I'm I'm like twenty two now, and I still couldn't imagine it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm twenty four. I couldn't imagine it. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. You used to work at McDonald's. Is the is the ice cream machine always broken, or do you, you just not feel like cleaning it? Man, I really think that ice cream. Well, sometimes it's really just down. Like honestly, and people just don't want to <laughs> use it. Mm, like I, don't I think buy that's it. just what I it don't is. Buy it. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I think a lot of times people really just don't want to turn it on. Like or they just don't want to use it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um. The, yeah. The McDonald's by my house. It's open until like three a.m. But it's never. They close it at like nine because they don't feel like doing anything. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> um. So switching gears a little bit, going into football. Um. You're a versatile defender, like you said. You played line, middle linebacker at the at the gridiron, mm -hmm. gridiron game. Work. Work. Do you have a preference between uh playing with your hand in the dirt or standing up? Um, so I played, I play, I mean, this season I played a lot, um, standing up and my hand in the dirt. It kind of got to the point where my coach was like, you know, you can stand up on these plays if you want to, you can put your hand in the dirt if you want to. I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm going to just do what I do. So 
Um, it kind of all depends on the situation. Um, you know, if you know, if you if you got if you got a drop, or if you know if you got to see, you know, if you feel like you can gotta get a feel on a play or something like that. Like sometimes I might stand up, you know, cause I feel like it's good. Um, you know, if I'm in the three point stands, you know, you feel like you can get out more sometimes. So it all depends. Like I, I mean, it really doesn't matter to me. Like. I, I feel like I could play anywhere. Like even Baylor game, they had me at middle linebacker. I blitzed the A gap, pressured the quarterback, and he got sacked. So, um, you know, it, it really doesn't matter to me. I play anywhere. Like from you know linebacker to DN, put my hand in the dirt. I could rush off the edge. I could set an edge. Uh, you know, it, it really doesn't matter. Poor Charlie Brewer getting blitzed at the A gap by Reuben Jones and. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poor guy, yeah. rough year. Um, are there any players that you try to kind of model your play style after? Um, so I kind of um, I realized that I, I mean I kind of just like kind of model off myself. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of weird because I feel like I'm like old uh, old school type of player. Like when I watch, um, like my favorite player is like Lawrence Taylor. You know what I'm saying? And when I watch his film, he's just running all over the place. So like when I like when I'm on the field, I just run all over the place. You know, like I just get to the ball and I just go. Like because that's I mean that's literally what he's doing. So I'm like, okay, I mean he's good. You know, if he can make that much money doing that in the NFL, I mean I can do something. You know, like so. Uh, you know, I just run around and do that. Uh, also like watching Khalil Mack and Von Miller, but I feel like that play style is just a little different. Um, but other than that, I mean, I just I just I just watch teams and try to take stuff from them. You like um. You got guys like um, you got guys like you know Frank Clark and stuff like that. They that do stab club rips, you know, stuff like that. And I've used that in the game and got a sack. Um, you got people like Khalil Mack that just straight up one arm people into the ground or like, you know, they he he has so many different moves. Like you can't, I mean, you can't even really name them. But he's got that um, long arm where he just bullies everyone. Yeah, that long arm. See, but I don't. See, I I don't use the long arm like that. You know, my moves is usually I use I use a spin move, uh, a dip rip, you know, stab club rip, um, you know, moves like that. So, you know, I just kind of take a little bit of everything and put it all together and just kind of make a you know a Reuben, you know, a Reuben sandwich. <laughs> so oh, that's fine. Oh, wow. All right. Now I can't wait to use that <laughs> Reuben sandwich. <laughs> I'm gonna use yeah. that for sure. <laughs> that's fire. Um. What do you think it uh, it is that sets you apart from the other other defenders in this class? Um, honestly, I really think that um, as far as like how I, how I work in the in the in the way that I work and things that I do, like I'm an extremely hard worker. So if a guy thinks that he's going to outwork me, it's not going to happen. Like nobody on my team is going to consistently beat me to the ball. It's just not going to happen. Like. Because I, I kind of got that mentality. Like, I play super aggressive. I love the game of football itself. And, you know, and I feel like, you know, I feel like I could play ball. So, like, you might have a guy that, you know, he, he's a hard worker. You know, he might be able to run fast and stuff like that. But you, he might, you might not get that out of him every play. I'm going to do it every single play. Every single play. So, you know, if I run a 4-5, a 4-6 four, four, or whatever I run, uh, if you see, you're going to see that every play. Like, you're going to see that every single play. Like, I'm going to run every play. If I get tired and I'm running, okay, I might be tired. But I'm still going to get back to the ball, and I'm still going to do it every play. Like, you know, sometimes I'll watch TV, and I'll see certain teams, and, like, they just loaf into the ball. If the ball's away from them, they just kind of jogging or whatever. Like, they just, like, okay, whatever. Like, nah, like, I'm getting to the ball. Like, I'm getting to the ball every play. So, I think that's kind of what sets me apart. And also that I'm, like, I'm really willing to put in that work. So, like, you know, I get into the NFL and, you know, and I'm there for five, for five, six years. Like, I feel like the way that I'm going to, you know, um, you know, like progress and like get better as a player is going to be ridiculous because like I'm, I'm going to watch film, you know, I'm going I'm to still work out every single day. Like I'm not going to let anybody catch up to me, you know, because I feel like a day that you're not working is a day that somebody catching you because you either get better or worse. And that's real. Like if you don't get better, somebody got better than you. So. Yeah. All right. Um, and then I know that while you were at Michigan, you got your bachelor's in psychology, and mm -hmm. you were going for your master's in corporate and organizational communications. Uh, do you have any 
post-football plans already, or are you kind of just going to play it by ear when the time comes? Yeah, so I kind of already know what I want to do. So um, I've been thinking a lot recently about coaching. So I kind of really feel like I want to get into, co- into coaching. Um, I, feel, I just feel like it fits my personality. Um, and I also, like, I really like real estate. So um, I, read, I read books on real estate, and I feel like that's where I'm going to put my money when I when I get situated and stuff. Like, I like rental properties. You know, I like the idea of wholesaling and all of those different types of, um, you know, ways to get money. So I feel like that's kind of what I, what I want to do, you know. There's always consistent money in real estate, so can't yeah, go wrong there. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, so you had a couple pretty interesting, uh, coaches, uh, speaking of coaching, uh, in, in college, um, do you have a favorite Neil Brown or Jim Harbaugh story? Um, I mean, I can't think of back, you know, uh, stories that, uh, you know, but the coaches are, I can't really think of back stories that, uh, you know, kind of, I really, I can't, I really can't think of stories, but. I feel like the coaches are different. Like, uh, you know, Jim Har- Coach Harbaugh is like, you know, Coach Harbaugh, you know, he was an NFL coach. You know, he's kind of like, I don't know how to explain. Like, he al- he always has his door open, so you can come and talk to him anytime. With Coach Neil Brown, you can go and talk to him. You can do the same thing with him. But they just like, they're just different people, you know. I feel like, you know, Coach Harbaugh, he's older. You know, he's just, I mean, they're, they're just different in their, in their different ways, you know. And that's just what it is, like. And the thing about Coach Harbaugh is he he he's an NFL coach and like he shows he's an NFL coach. Like everything is like really like ran exactly like uh NFL teams. Like I've heard from guys that um play in the NFL. So guys be like, Oh yeah, bro, like I mean it's literally the same exact it's literally like the same as that way in the NFL. Like so when it a lot of guys uh leave Michigan and go to the NFL and like they're like, Okay, man, this is easier because like I've had meetings all day and you know you know, had different things we had to do, you know, walk through, and then you got the defensive coordinator meeting. Then after that, you have the defensive line meeting and, and things like that. So, um, yeah. So I've had good experiences with both, so. And then but I can't think of any stories after that. Uh, just out of curiosity, when you were kind of grad transferring and you were thinking about Toledo, did Harbaugh have anything to do with that? Because I know he's, he was born in Toledo, so... Oh, I, I didn't even know he was born in Toledo, but nah, he, he really he really didn't. Um at the time I just kinda just went and told him like, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, entering the transfer portal and you know, um and at the time, you know, they we they, I talked to the coaches and stuff and you know, at the time the coaches, you know, they felt like, you know, they was like, Oh, you know, you should stay, you know, for your last year and stuff, but I felt like it'll be a better decision to uh leave. So uh, at the time, I didn't. I, well, I didn't know he was from Toledo, but no, he had he had nothing to do with that. I was just curious because yeah, that's. No. Um, so, during your time either at Michigan or West Virginia, is there one play or one moment on or off the field that you really keep as a personal highlight? Um. Oh, when I became when I became a, a Q, a member of Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated, that was like literally one of the best things I ever did in my life. Like one of the best things I ever literally did in my entire life because like my fraternity is amazing. Like my fraternity is the reason why I'm in the position I am right now. Like when I said that I want to go to West Virginia, like, my fraternity members got in a car and drove me down to West Virginia the first time I came to West Virginia. Like, they drove me down here to meet the coaches and stuff. So, like, you know, that's that type of stuff right there is just, like, I mean, they're just amazing people. So, that's, like, my highlight of everything. Because, like, literally, I was just with my fraternity brothers yesterday. I went to a step show that they had in Pittsburgh to um, support them. And, like... Yeah, they, they're just amazing people. Well, good, good to hear. Um, so one last question that uh, that we ask everybody. Um, so are you familiar with my cause, my cleats? Mm, uh-uh. Okay, so it's in the NFL. Like, it's you get to create your own. You get to like. Oh, there's a week where everyone gets to create their own cleats around uh, like a cause or a like a charity or something. 
to just to bring awareness to it. So we just ask everybody, like, if you're making your own cleats, what cause, what cause or charity would you would you choose? Um, cause of charity, man, I probably would do uh, uh, like sexual assault awareness and stuff like that. Uh, there was this one. There was this one lady that uh, I, I can't remember her name off back, but she did a. Uh, she came to the University of Michigan and did a whole um, interview. I mean, I mean, well, not interview. I did a whole speech on like um, an experience that she had that didn't go well with some guys when she was younger, and you know, it just kind of like changed my life on my. You know how I thought about a lot of things, you know, and I feel like people should really, you know, know about you know making that change and doing the right thing when it comes to women, you know, uh, you know, not taking advantage of women and not, um, you know, you know, just not, not doing stuff that you wouldn't do, you know, if your mom wasn't there, you know, just, you know what I'm saying? Like, just not treating a woman all types of crazy ways and treating women like, you know, cause I feel like how you treat a woman is a representation of like kind of who you are as a, as a man too. So, no. Yeah, for sure, and that no. is uh, something that I, I think in our like society today definitely needs to people need to care about more. Yeah. Um. So, uh, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, I know you mentioned before that you made a turkey omelet. How was that? Oh yeah, it's good. I'm 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 nibbling on it a little bit. You know, I ain't trying to chow down on it yet because you know I want to hear y'all. I want y'all to hear me crunching all on all on the mic, but um. Yeah, of course, but uh, you know, stock up on the cooking skills. Um, <laughs> I mean, hey, they asked Eli Apple if he knew how to cook at the combine. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, all right. Uh, well, thanks for coming on, Ruben. Uh, it was a, it was a pleasure having you. Um, and maybe we'll have to have you back on whenever you get settled in in the next in the NFL or whatever your next journey is. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, you too. Wow, those were all such great interviews. Um, <laughs> I'm recording this right after I ended the intro. I mean, no cuts. No cuts. That's our motto. No cuts. Um, we all just did that back to back to back. Um, but hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, oh, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Dilly Sanders. You can find Brandon on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Katzen. Um, those were our people that were all featured in this episode. And then, uh, yeah, go follow all these players and follow their their journey. Watch their watch their tape. Hope hope they get drafted to your team. Um, and yeah, have a great day. Uh, leave us a review. Talk to us on Twitter because we're on Twitter twenty four seven, and all we want to do is talk about football. So come talk to talk to us about it. Um, and uh, what other players would you like to hear us talk to? Uh, what stories are interesting? Uh, so yeah, let us know. And uh, thank you. Have a great day. Country roads take me home to the place I belong. West Virginia, Mountain Mama, take me home.